Acts chapter 3, starting at verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked in alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. I want to preach quickly today because it's hot. But if we will hear the word and respond to it, we can receive from the Lord what he does desire to do today. Because I want you to understand the Lord has something he wants to do today. You didn't come by accident, and you didn't come here for no reason at all. The Lord has something he wants to do today. Let's hear it quickly. Let's respond to it quickly. Let's receive from the Lord what he wants to do, because God can do more in 60 seconds than what we can do in an hour. Let's be full of the Lord, walk out that door, and have a good Sunday afternoon. I think we can do it. So I want to talk from this title then today, Expecting to Receive. Father, we love you. We thank you for your people that are here today. I thank you for your presence that I am feeling in this house. I thank you for the clarity that I feel coming to the room and to the minds of the people of God. I pray right now in Jesus' name that your word would accomplish what it desires. Let every false spirit bow to the name of Jesus. Let every opposing spirit be bound in Jesus' name. And I pray God accomplish your will in our midst, we ask today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One more time, would you clap your hands joyfully and triumphantly to the Lord? You can be seated. Some time had passed from the Acts 2 account of the upper room. How much time passed, we don't know. However, we do know that the early church has been launched and there are thousands of believers in Jesus, baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost at this point. And Peter and John, two of uh, Jesus' apostles, leaders of the early church were headed to the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. It was a common practice to gather at a specific place and pray. The ninth hour, 3 p.m. Uh, they, they prayed uh, at what would be considered the time of the evening sacrifice in Jewish 
law. So we find that some of these practices that had taken place in Judaism for thousands of years, they were a practice that uh, communicated a pattern that uh, bled over into the early church that at time of the evening sacrifice, we're going to take time to pray. We find that this principle of scheduled, consistent prayer uh, was, was common and practiced even in the early church, a scheduled time to pray. And Peter and John, keeping with that, are headed to the temple to pray. And there was a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried and they laid him daily at the gate called Beautiful near the temple. And he would ask alms of people that entered into the temple. That was his livelihood, if you will. That's how he made ends meet, begging. Begging because of his condition. Begging because of his condition that he had been in for years. He'd always been this way. It had always been this way. This is just who he was and what he did. He couldn't walk. And so he had to rely on people to carry him to a place where there was enough foot traffic for him to ask enough times for enough people to have compassion on him and give him money, alms. And so him being in this condition, doing what he always does, Peter and John pass by him and he asks of them alms and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said look on us what I find so interesting is that this man asking and doing what he'd always done he comes across two men of God two apostles of Jesus Christ and when he asks them for help Peter doesn't say I don't have any money and walks past him. Peter saw past what the man was asking for. He saw the root of the problem. He saw the real need. This man doesn't need money. This man needs to be made whole. Peter was not intimidated. Peter was not uh, distracted. And Peter was not in too much of a hurry to get to where he was going to look at this man, and the Bible says he fastened his eyes upon him. That means Peter locked eyes with this man. He looked the man in the eye and he said, look on us. And the next statement in this story is what changed this man's life forever. He gave heed unto them. He took notice of them. He considered them. He listened to them. And then this statement right here is what unlocked the door for the miracle. Expecting to receive something of them. Now this man probably in his mind thought for a moment it's going to be money. But it doesn't matter because the man was expecting. His heart was open to Peter and John. His spirit was open to them. That It doesn't say that he was expecting to receive money from them. It says he was expecting to receive something of them. Probably money. But the point in this is that 
he had expectation. And so when he expects to receive something of them, Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter took him by the hand and pulled him up. And the Bible says, immediately strength came to his feet and to his ankle bones. And he stood and he walked and he leaped and he praised God. <clears throat> what we find here in this story is that what caused this man to be forever changed was his expectation. He could have been completely cast down and hopeless, but there was something about this day. He had been doing what he always had done for years. He had been lame for, from his mother's womb. He had never been able to walk, and he's always laying at the gate beautiful People always carried him daily to this place, and he always asked for alms. But even though his life had been in this condition from the time he was born, and even though he had never known anything else but this, the day Peter and John passed by, there was still something in him that was reaching, and it was expectation. He had been lame like this for decades, yet decades had not destroyed his expectation. His life had always been this way, but there was something in his heart this day that reached for what Peter was about to give. Look on us. I don't have money, but what you need is not money. You don't need money. You need a miracle. I want to tell some people today, you don't need money. You need a miracle. You don't need medicine, you need a miracle. You don't need another quick fix to get you through another week. You need a miracle. You need something that can only come from God. You need peace that passes understanding. You need joy unspeakable and full of glory. You need the love of God to abound in your heart so you don't go looking for relationships in all the wrong places. You need something from God. We don't need something from this earth. We don't need temporal gold and silver. We don't need man's wisdom. We need something from heaven. Because it's been this way for years. It's always been this way. It's been this way for as long as I can remember. I barely remember a time where it wasn't this way. That's telling me that what man can do is not fixing the problem. It's time for something to rise up in the people of God where we have expectations. I'm expecting God to do something. I'm expecting God to change the situation. I'm expecting God to meet this need. That's what we need. And there's two keys to this story that 
really are the catalysts for this man to go home different than how he came. He went to the temple one way and he left completely different. That tells me that your trips to church are never meant to go wasted. You may come to this place one way, but I'm telling you today in the name of Jesus, it is the will of God for you to walk out of here leaping and praising God because when you came to this place, you had expectation to receive and the Lord did a miracle in your midst let's give him praise he came to the temple one way but he left another and Peter tells us in the next chapter what the difference was he said, it is by the name Jesus that this man was made whole. It's not me, and it's not the music, and it's not the building. It's the name of Jesus. What we have to understand is it's time for us to start putting our faith in the name of Jesus again. Your life may have been a certain way for a really long time, but all that is required today is for you to expect something to change and to put your faith in the name of Jesus again. And I'm telling you what I know, it's going to change. Look at somebody and tell them it's going to change. Say it like you mean it. It's going to change. It's not it might change. No, it's going to change. I've never read a story in scripture and I've never heard a testimony of somebody I've talked to that when they had expectation and their faith was put in the name of Jesus where their life stayed the way it always was. No, it always changed. The need was always met. They always came through that storm. They always endured that trial. And they came out triumphant on the other side. They endured it and came out whole on the other side. I'm telling you today, it's our expectation. Our expectation is our limitation. Our lack of expectation is our limitation. And so we find here these two catalysts in this story. The first was the man's expectation. He expected to receive. But the second catalyst were the apostles' boldness. Look on us. I'm not the answer, but I have the answer. Because Peter said, such as I have, give I thee. What is required here and what we see here in this man's expectation is that he understood something, whether subconsciously or he knew something was about to happen, that his situation does not hinder his expectation. His situation does not hinder his ability to receive. He may have thought he was only getting money, but he still had expectation. But today we're in a place, gathered in a place, worshiping one who has something to offer greater than money, who has something to offer beyond our situation. So don't let our situation 
hinder our expectation. But the apostles' boldness was this. In spite of what I see in front of me, my God is greater than this man's lameness. And in spite of intimidation or fear that I may face walking through this life, my God is greater and he is able. And he said, he told me, Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What I feel the Lord seeking to move us from is where we stop holding the Holy Ghost hostage within us and we start looking at the people around us and say, look on us. I have something that will meet your need. It's not going to put a band-aid on your problem, but it is going to resolve the issue where you no longer have to beg. Where the people of this world caught up in the beggarly elements of this world no longer have to look to a bottle to numb their pain or drugs to find a solution where they escape their torment or go from relationship to relationship to give them a momentary fulfillment in their heart. But in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And you and I have been filled with that power and the Lord is seeking to send us where we go to the people around us look on us I'm not offering alcohol I'm not offering drugs I'm not offering another relationship I'm not offering a 12 week process to where you find your wholeness I know a name I serve a God and I have been filled with the Holy Ghost and in the name of Jesus Christ be made whole that's what the world is looking for and they're looking for it every time they take a drink from that bottle they're looking for it every time they shoot themselves full of a drug with that needle they're looking for it every time they go from relationship to relationship but this man when he met the power of Jesus he never went to that gate another day to but the rest of his life he goes back to that moment where he met a man who was not ashamed and not afraid to speak in the name of Jesus this church has a destiny and it is to alter the reality of those who are begging in this city they're spiritually lame they're spiritually blind they're spiritually sick and God has planted us right in this place to say look on us look on us we're not here to debate about religion. We're not here to debate and come to an agreement. You believe what I be you want to believe and I'll believe what I want to believe. No, the Bible says there is one God and the devils also believe and tremble. And that one God, his name is Jesus. He manifested himself in flesh. He died on a cross to purchase our salvation and our healing. That means he died on a cross to purchase the ability to make us whole. 
He was buried in a tomb. He rose again. We die out to ourselves through repentance. We are buried with Christ in baptism unto death. And we are resurrected just like Christ was through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Now we have power to go and preach the gospel. We have power to lay hands on the sick and they recover. We have power to walk into a city, into a neighborhood, into a situation and take up serpents and say this false spirit is not going to have a hold in this family, in this neighborhood or in this city any longer. We come in the name of Jesus. We come in the name of Jesus. And so that's what we need. We need expectation and boldness. We need to start expecting this building to be filled. No, no. We need to expect this building to be filled. We need to expect there to be standing room only. I am combating a mindset right now that says it's been this way for over a decade. I don't care how long it's been. In one moment, in one year, in one encounter with God, it can all change. I'm telling you, I am expecting this building to be filled. I will not rest until it is filled. I will not stop preaching it until it is filled. We will not stop praying for it until it is filled. I am expecting this building to be filled and I'm expecting it to be filled with ex-drug addicts and I'm expecting it to be filled with ex-alcoholics. I'm expecting it to be filled with ex-homosexuals where the power of the God moves in their life. They repent of their sin and they walk forward in the way God created them to walk. I'm expecting people who were divorced to get back together and the power of God heals that relationship and they dance across the front because God has made them whole. I'm expecting people who were possessed with devils to be delivered and now they are worshiping on a pew. That's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting the rich man to worship next to the poor man because we're all one in the body of Christ. And we will not stop until it is filled. But our expectation determines the rate in which it happens. No expectation is not going to happen. Little expectation, it'll take a long time to happen. Great expectation the Lord sees. Those people have prepared a place for me, for me to do great wonders in their midst. Now I, the Lord, will set up my throne in their midst and I will decree miracles and signs and wonders amongst my people. And San Leandro shall know that there is a God in heaven and his name is Jesus. And I will show my power in this city. Do you expect that today? 
Don't be like the lame man and, and live there longer than you need to. Today the Lord seeks to resurrect your faith. Today the Lord seeks to make your faith walk. It does not say we limp by faith. It says we walk by faith and not by sight. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that the Holy Ghost would heal your faith right now. And you may have walked in here limping, but you're about to walk out of here rejoicing, walking with both feet strengthened, walking with your faith made whole, walking with an expectation in your heart. We are about to see an unprecedented revival sweep through this city that no man can take the glory for and no man can explain. I'm expecting to receive I'm expecting to receive supernatural help from the Lord. I'm expecting to receive supernatural resources from the Lord where we can do what he's called us to do quicker and faster, more frequently, and more in abundance. But we find in this story that the miracle took place when Peter and John were headed to pray. But if they would have skipped prayer meeting that day, that man would have missed his miracle. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. Don't underestimate the power of prayer meeting. And don't underestimate the power of consistency. Because one Sunday, either today or sometime in the near future, we could show up and something break in the spirit and it never be the same. Be at church, be involved in church. It matters, you matter. I said you matter. And so we find the miraculous is birthed in prayer. The miraculous is birthed in prayer. And so that's why we're doing 40 days of prayer and fasting. And then we will continue to pray and fast. But I am expecting, by the time we're done with these 40 days, there to be a new dimension released in this church. And to God begin to move us through that door that we've heard about all year. I've preached it. And two other ministers have preached it from this pulpit about an open door. And there's energy at the door. There's supernatural help and there's spiritual opposition at the door. And it is an opportunity that God has granted this church to move through. My question is, are you expecting to get through to the other side? Or is there something in you where you're at the threshold and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through. No, I'm telling you today in the name of Jesus, we're going through, we're not losing one person. And when we get through the other side of this door, there is an unprecedented, Unprecedented revival where this building will be filled and we will have to seek a larger place. So we got to keep praying because what I believe is about to happen 
is if every one of us who commit to prayer and fasting and commit to a lifestyle of prayer where we are pushing back what the enemy has imposed on us. We heard it last week. The reason why we battle fear is because the enemy is imposing the fear he has of us on us. That should encourage you, not intimidate you. That should strengthen you, not wear you out. You're only messing with me because you feel threatened by me. Why is that? Because the Lord is about to do something in our midst. Wake up, Gideon, and hear what the enemy is saying about you. So we pray and we pray and we pray. And I'm telling you what I feel, that as we move into 2024, we're going to step into miracles, signs, and wonders like we've never seen. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Pray. Keep praying because you are moving yourself into a miracle, a miracle in your family, a miracle in your finances, a miracle in your health, a miracle in your relationships where what you've been dealing with for decades, God is about to reverse it. And he's not just going to give you back what you lost, but he's going to give you double because Job prayed for his friends. Job prayed for his friends, and the Lord gave him double. I want to share with you two stories that have sparked my faith and things that I believe God is going to do in our midst. Things like this, supernatural things. There's a pastor in Detroit. I spoke with uh, six, seven years ago, one night at, at a conference and listened to, listening to some of these stories, absolutely incredible stories. And he uh, is considered now, a, 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 I believe, a, a goodwill ambassador to the UN. He's a Pentecostal pastor in Detroit, and he has been going to the U, UN for over a decade now. And he has taught Bible studies to world leaders all around the world. And he has baptized world leaders all around the world. And he has spoken to people who are uh, running the world. And he has sat in meetings where he hears what the, some of these world leaders are wanting to do with the world. And uh, it's crazy, to say the least. But this all started... Because one day, they had planted a church in Detroit and years had gone by. And one day, this woman, the daughter of a lady in his church, was visiting, I believe, over Christmas and came to their church service. And she uh, worked for the UN. And she was just visiting her mother in Detroit and they came to the church service. And at some point in the service, she felt this intense warmth come through her body from the top of her head to the sole of her feet. What she hadn't told anyone besides her mother is that she had been diagnosed with a fatal uh, cancer that she was going to die. And so she had quit her job at the UN because she just wanted to spend the last few months of her life in peace with family. And she had given up. 
But she came to a church that believes in the power of the name of Jesus that is apostolic and she's sitting there on a pew and no one laid hands on her. No one knew except for her family. She felt this warm sensation purge her body. She goes to the doctor later. She's completely healed of cancer. There's no cancer in her body. Well, she, of course, wants to tell the pastor. She tells the pastor who she is, what she does, and what happened to her at that church service. She, of course, goes back to the UN and asks for her job back, and they said, we thought you were going to die. She said, I'm healed now. And she tells them what happened, where it happened, and who the pastor of the church was, where it happened. Word spread throughout the United Nations, and they said, we want to meet this man. He comes to the United Nations and meets some of these leaders and these people that work there. And this opened the door from then even till now for him to consistently walk through the highest courts and chambers of world government and speak to people you and I would never meet. What opened the door for such a great witness in such a high level of government in the world? A miracle. This woman walked into a church. No one touched her, nobody knew. But it was a place where the expectation is. It is a place where truth is preached. And it is a place where God works amongst his people. And this woman, who had been given a death sentence, now is miraculously healed. And she goes and shares her testimony. And now countless people have been saved because of one miracle. Don't underestimate the power of the miraculous. We need it in our midst. I'm not satisfied without it. We need God to do in our midst what we cannot accomplish on our own. And so this other incredible story I recently heard, a missionary to Pakistan for decades. Nobody really knows his name. And if you looked at him, you wouldn't think he's all that powerful. But he was a missionary to Pakistan, and they had been working for years in this area that was very oppressive and very difficult. And one day, as they had uh, prepared for a mass outreach effort in the nation, that they had entered into a time of spiritual warfare that uh, was unprecedented with them beyond anything they had ever experienced. The principality of the nation manifested through a person and said, I am the prince of this nation and I have come to withstand you and destroy you and you will not prevail. That stuff does happen and uh, I know that sounds pretty intense but it happened. And the enemy worked through, came at the leaders of this church in this nation and attacked their family. I want to remind you today, the enemy 
seeks to intimidate and impose fear by attacking who and what you love. Discourage, make you quit. Well, the church leaders go to 21 days of prayer and fasting, a 24-hour prayer chain in this place. And for 21 days of prayer and fasting and 24-hour prayer chain, on the 21st day, the angel of the Lord, the missionary says, visibly walked into that room and broke the back of the prince of that nation and bound him. And from that day forward, as we entered into our, our uh, massive outreach efforts, that there were mass miracles, multitudes of blind eyes being opened, deaf ears being unstopped, lame walking, devils being cast out, people being filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, all to the point where in Pakistan there was a national coverage of these rallies. What's well, a Muslim nation? And so when the government takes notice of you, that's usually what you want to avoid. But it was such a God thing that it wasn't religion. They're trying to figure out why are there hundreds of thousands of people flocking to this place and why are they leaving different than how they came? I'm telling you what, I'm expecting to hear some stories like that of ours in our midst. I'm ready for some people who need healed in their body to be healed in their body. I'm ready to hear stories about people that walk in here with a death sentence and they leave made whole and they live to a good old age. I'm ready to start hearing some stories where I came in one way, but I left another. And all that happened in the middle was Jesus. His name delivered me. His power set me free. And I'm just going to tell you something. This church isn't a spiritual battle. We are. And if we're going to engage the enemy... I'm expecting to come out victorious on the other side. I am not expecting fear to be here forever. I'm not expecting heaviness to be here forever. I'm expecting not many days hence that as we go to God in prayer and in fasting, that something is broken and victory sweeps through this place and your life is forever changed and something shifts where people all over this city are drawn to this place. I'm expecting that if we're going to fight, we might as well win. And if we're going to pray, people might as well be healed. And if we're going to gather, I'm expecting something might as well happen in our midst. Why don't you worship the Lord for a moment? 
I expect to receive. I expect something to change. I expect something to break. I'm expecting people to be healed in their body. I'm expecting minds to be whole and spirits to be transformed and emotions to be healed in Jesus' name. I am expecting your family to be different by the end of the year than how it is now. I'm expecting for your faith to be greater at the end of this year than how it is now.